Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. We would like to acknowledge that this podcast maiden is being held on Aboriginal land, the land of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. And we would like to pay respect to their elders past, present and emerging and their multiple birth parents with children with disabilities. And today's episode is a beautiful professional with lived experience of ADHD. She's the founder of My Special Child and the Peak Centre. This podcast contains truth, laughter and the occasional F word, so it's not really suitable for children. Sometimes you just have to get your shits out. Shit, 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 shit. That's right, this is a language warning. Oh, shit. Hello, Mandy. Hello, Kate. Well, I don't know if the sun will be shining when this episode comes out. A glorious day in oh, Melbourne. And we <laughs> need it because our lockdown's been extended. Oh, but it's sunny. Oh, my gosh. I know. I, I was telling Mandy I saw this like TikTok and this girl said, I just, Melbourne has two days of sunshine and that's the most important thing that's happened to us oh, in a year. I feel like it's Christmas Day. <laughs> it just bounced out of the house. I know. Bit of sun on your skin. Oh, oh, so good. We're definitely grateful for the little things. We are. That has totally changed yeah. me yeah. in the last couple of years. Oh, just yeah. the beautiful day The today. mindfulness and the gratefulness yes. is real now. Isn't it really it? is. It really, really yeah. is. Anyway, we've got a great guest today. I know, I'm excited. are going to love this Very, very, talk very today. excited. So, yeah. Would you like to introduce yourself to the peas? Uh, yeah, uh, I'm Rebecca Perkins. So, yeah, uh, uh, as you said a minute ago, founder of My Special Child and um, National Peak Centre. Uh, but more importantly, I uh, am an ADHD adult and have a couple of ADHD kids. Um, and, yeah, so my life is pretty involved in the neurodivergent um, 
community. Awesome. Yes. Awesome. Brilliant. Awesome. Awesome. I'm really excited to talk to you. Yes. <laughs> As a non ADHD person living with a lot of people that have ADHD, it's interesting <laughs> and it's really, really great to hear adults talk about it. Yeah, that's right. Because it's often left to people who don't have it to talk about the people who do have it. But anyway, yeah. we're getting ahead of ourselves. Right. Let's start with our questions. Yes. Okay. So the first question is Do you have music or a band that like peps you up during good times or like when you're feeling a bit low, you need to listen to them? Um, yeah, so I listen to very upbeat music. So I tend to, um, listen to sort of dance music and that sort of thing. And, and I'm very ADHD in that way. I'm like, hyper- <laughs> yeah. so I listen to hyperactive music. Yeah. Um, but I also, because me and my kids are ADHD, sometimes we need to calm down. Mm. Um, so there's a song called Porcelain by Moby. And I find that is the best song to just bring us ah. all down it's really really good for chilling out and um very good for starting the day on a calm but focused wow uh, path okay. i think we might start that with our crisis schooling yeah <laughs> we, can all we, have we have a spotify for all the songs that all our guests say so that one will be on there yep oh excellent yeah <laughs> can you tell us did you win any awards at school um so when i was at school no, because I was like many ADHD kids. I, I found school very difficult, mm. and 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 I spent. If there was an award going for who got kicked out of class the most, <laughs> I would have won that. Oh my gosh! Um, I spent a lot of time suspended yes. and sitting outside principals' offices yes. and all that stuff. Um, I did win a lot of awards outside school for my extracurricular activities ah, okay. because I was, I, I was actually very sporty and very good at a lot of. Um, those sort of sort of activities but school no I did terrible at school mm, um yeah. I actually got all my qualifications as an adult because when I was at school I just failed everything so yeah. no I, I don't think I ever won an award at school oh mm. good company you're mm. in very good company mm. here I too am a fellow get kicked out of the classroom person I spent a lot of time making people laugh through the window in the door from outside <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah I spent a lot of time out in the cold corridors. Oh, yeah, I think I would have yeah, me too. been yeah. devastated if I got kicked oh, out. Oh, no, I was like, oh, I'll do it again. <laughs> it just goes to show how effective it is. I know, exactly. It never mattered. Yeah. No. Anyway, right. Okay. Now the last question, which you've sort of answered, but why are you a P? Um, so, yeah, so uh, I am very immersed in the the P world. Yes. So both my kids are ADHD. My eldest is also intellectually disabled. Mm. I myself have ADHD and dyslexia and my fiance even has ADHD. I live in a full ADHD household. Wow. Even my mom has ADHD. Yes. So in my life, everything is all about being neurodivergent. Yeah. And I don't really, um, I could, I don't think I could fit into a non-neurodivergent community now. I'm so, yep. I'm so immersed in it from work and life and everything. Of yeah. course. Ah, which is super interesting. So one of the questions that I wanted to ask, which is probably going out to people that don't live um, with neurodivergence, is how genetic is ADHD? do you think? Uh, very. So it, it, it's about 80% genetic. So so majority of the time it, it's running in the family. That It's not always, you know, there is that 20% of the time when it's not and it, it, there are mm. other 
um, things that can cause ADHD. But but majority of the time it does run in families. So in my family, my kids have it, I have it, my mom has it. And we always look back and think my nan probably had it because although back then, obviously things like that weren't diagnosed, but we used to say she had a grasshopper mind. And it's only now we look back and think, ah. So, so it's a very clean line through my family. So yeah, it runs it runs through through my family very much, and so we're the kind of embodiment of how genetics can uh, can play a part in in an ADHD family. Mm. Can we go back to when you had your first child, and when did you start to get some yep. diagnosis? Uh, so my first child wasn't diagnosed till he was eight, um, which interestingly you could see that you know it was clearly there a long time well it was there from birth but you could see it a long time before that but um this this was back in England and England the diagnosis process the understanding of ADHD it's it's pretty bad there it it is here as well so it's not it's not any better over here Mm. um and so I remember it taking him over and over again to a pediatrician for years to try and get him diagnosed. And really the only person who diagnosed him in the end was me because I, I, she just kept looking at me and going, I really don't know. And I said to her, I said, look, I've done, you know, I, I know the stuff I've done the research. Um, it's very clear to me that he has ADHD. And she went, oh, well, let's go with that then. Um, and I always sort of oh. think, so really, she didn't even diagnose him. <laughs> I did technically. Um, and then yes. when we moved to Australia, he had to be re-diagnosed again in Australia, um, and and even then, the the pediatrician who saw him in in Australia, although she was a bit more confident in the di- diagnosis, her knowledge after that point was still really um, poor, and she didn't, she certainly didn't get it. Um, and I remember her saying to me, "Oh, um, so are you going to medicate him?" And I said, "Not right now. You know, I'm, I'm not pro or against medication. It's." to the person Mm. if they need it Um, and I said not right now right now I'm trying some other stuff and if we need it we'll come back to it and she went oh no 100 all people with ADHD have to be medicated and 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 I just went no they don't and I never saw her again Um, and um, and he's still not medicated actually my younger one is medicated um, because he needed it but the older one has never uh, to this point never needed it but that's still not to say that I wouldn't I won't change my mind in six months so yeah yeah, that's right. I think that's really important too because there's a lot of stigma both ways, like whether you medicate or whether you don't. It's like you can't win mm. as a a person with ADHD yeah. and as a parent. Of a, you're like, well, some people are so pushy one way and so pushy the other. Yeah, and, and the fact is every every ADHD person is different and some mm. will will need it. Like, you know, so in my family there's four of us with ADHD living in the house two of us are medicated, two of us aren't. So I'm mm-hmm. not and my eldest son isn't, but my fiancé is and my youngest son is. And that's because for those two, it's essential, life-changing. They literally mm. could not get through without it. For me, I actually yep. I did get medicated and then it, it didn't make a, have a massive effect for me, so I didn't need it. Um, and my eldest son, I sort of chop and change with the idea regularly as to whether I'm going to and and actually um for probably the past couple of years the only reason I haven't medicated him is because he's very he's a very thin child and I'm so scared of Mm. making him lose more weight Mm. um so I'm trying to sort Mm, of put some weight on him first but um it is it's got to be each to their own there's so many people with strong views um but a lot of the time I find a lot Mm. of people who believe people 
parents shouldn't medicate. It's just a lack of understanding and they just don't they don't understand the ins and outs of ADHD medication and how legitimate it is. And, um, mm. and it all, you know, ultimately, if a child had epilepsy, you wouldn't hesitate to medicate them. And so if they have ADHD mm. and they need medicating, they should be medicated. You know, it, it has to be oh, yeah. whether they need it. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I, have, I don't know if you're aware, but I have identical twin boys who have ADHD. And for us... Um, yeah, medication is just a daily part of their life. Like it's not even something that they think about anymore. Like they've been doing it since they were about seven, um, which is quite young. But it's just a game changer for us. Like it just enables them. Really, mm. the thing is it enables you to try and fit into a world that doesn't really want you to fit in with them. <laughs> and it yeah. means that they can go to school. Oh, absolutely. I mean, so my younger son, he's very classic ADHD, bouncing off the walls, mm. very hyper. Um, and for him, his medication, without it, he would not be able to do school, no. full stop. He yeah. would not be able to succeed in any way at school yeah. without that medication. It's the only thing that allows him to, and he's still bouncing off the walls, but it allows him to focus just enough to get get by. And, yes. and we've seen a huge difference. Now, for my fiance. Life changing wouldn't even come close to how just how much of an impact it's had for him. He mm. his his everything about him. He struggled across the board until he was medicated, and the the difference it's made for him has just been um, just mind blowing. You know, and the thought of ever taking that away from him. Um, but he, as an adult, up until you know even recently, still has friends and people he knows say question mm. why he's medicated and mm. and he had a friend not long ago say that he thought that it was rubbish that he was medicated and he didn't need it yeah. um and and that's really sad because you know it's that level of stigma is it's oh. so uneducated and so sort of such an ignorant it view is. and it doesn't yeah really seem in my world to be getting much better what do you think yeah i think it, I think it is, but okay. very slowly. Yeah. I don't think we're anywhere near. I don't think we're anywhere near where we need to be. You know, I think it's sort of, it, I find from for what I do, where we sort of our entire, my entire career is built on trying to educate people mm. and trying to create this awareness. And we, we create it and I see every time I go to an event, I might see 500 people who know a bit more than they did before, yeah. who have a bit better understanding. But it's it's just, it's that plugging away and trying, you know, a few people at a time, just trying to build on that knowledge. And there's still so many people who just don't have a clue and they really don't get it. And they, you know, someone said to me yesterday um, that their child had been diagnosed with ADHD but the, fa the, the father of the child, their husband, um, t wouldn't listen, wouldn't have it. They mm. said ADHD isn't real and they wouldn't even read the stuff from the mm. hospital. They wouldn't take any notice. And it's that level of just misunderstanding and, and lack of awareness that's so damaging. And, and, I, and, and, and it's so harmful to these kids as they're growing up. Yes. It's, I just think, you know, what you guys do with your podcast, um, similar to what I try and do with our events, is mm. trying to just get that information out there mm. and try to remove that stigma and make it so that it, like, 
it's okay. Um, it, even, you know, someone very, very close to me said um, the other day about, they said, oh, somebody, so-and-so suffers with ADHD. Mm-hmm. I said, no, they don't mm-hmm. suffer with it. No. They have ADHD. Mm-hmm. They don't suffer with ADHD. No. They have it. Yes. <laughs> and that, just, just turning that, that way of thinking to see that it's, it's just a difference. It's not, someone's not less because they have ADHD. They're just different. Yeah, that's right. And to be different is okay. Oh, well, um, and really, the older you get and the more you meet people, we're all different. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes, we that's really right. are. And something that you may think this is the way it should be and I've always done it like this, whether it's cleaning your teeth or putting the bins out and you'll meet someone and go, oh, they just hang their rubbish in the corner of the room. You know what I mean? It's just different. It's not right or wrong. That's right. And I, for and, me. And who, yeah. who wants to be the same Oh. Who wants to be the same as everyone else anyway? You know? Well, <laughs> teenagers, that's all. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Tell us about They'll how you live. started the business. When, did, what, what, what made you start it? How did you? Mm. What was the gap that you thought I'm going to fill that? Um, so when I moved to Australia, um, I decided to start my special child because as as a parent of a child with. Um, a diverse range of needs, mm. I realized that there was so little support for parents. Mm. And and one of the ways where that was really affecting people was just the lack of information, mm. no information out there and reliable information yes. as well. Um, and even if you could find it, it was all, it, this is seven years ago and it was all in bits, mm. like you'd get a little bit over here and a little bit over there. And it was so hard to just get good, accurate, easy to find, easy to read information. And so I got so fed up with it that I just decided to start it myself. And so that's when my special child came about from that. And it was just a blog to start off with. Um, and it and it grew a lot bigger and a lot faster than I expected to. And then I thought, well, how can I get more information to people? Um, And then I started creating events and they've just grown and grown and grown. And now like we're running an event in WA in November that's for 2,000 people. Brilliant. And they just get bigger and bigger and bigger. And so now we make resources and books and all the things to just – and it's all about just trying to create more and more awareness Mm. and give people simple, easy-to-access information and strategies and just, yeah, just get that information into people's hands really. And then Peak Centre was um, the brainchild of myself and Christina Keeble back in – we thought of it last year and we just said – the system for disability services is so broken mm. um, and so confusing. Mm. Uh, we need we need to create something that is a therapy clinic, but where everybody, all the different therapists of all the different um, practices, all work together on the same team, <sighs> on the same page, yeah. all come from a strengths based yes. approach. Yes. That was the underpinning thing because you can get. There are multidisciplinary clinics about, but they're also deficit-based. Yes. It's also uh, you walk in and you walk out feeling worse than yes. you came in. And we wanted to create something that was strengths-based and positive. And when a child or adult, whoever it is, walks out of our centre, they walk out feeling better than they did when they came, mm. when they came oh. in. And that's the goal. Oh, Rebecca, um, awesome. And yeah. So that was, yeah, and and that's – we're opening the second centre for that next year and then hopefully we'll have lots of those so that everybody can have positive, a positive clinical experience. Oh, congratulations. And is that based in Melbourne or? Yeah, so the first one's in Cranbourne. Yep. Um, 
and it's been so successful. Unfortunately, we have waiting lists, yeah. which is why we want to try and yep. get as many of these open as possible. Um, but even down to there's always someone on site to help. So if somebody doesn't know where to go, what to do next, there's somebody yes. there who can just sit with them and say, this is what you do and this is where you go. Oh. And, um, and and we, you know, we have some incredible clients over there who have just the most amazing stories and all they need is just someone to sort of hold their hand and just guide them through and just help them yeah but you know we have people who other places just won't touch them because they go oh no too much too hard basket yeah they want them mm. um and they come to us and we just say no no there is no such thing as too hard for us no. everybody oh, Rebecca. um mm. it's yeah so it's trying to trying to change the system a little bit and Oh, well, it needs we'll changing. We'll see how we go in the future. Who, <laughs> who is in yeah. your team there? What are the professionals, we would call them? Yeah, so at the moment, so Christina and I started it, and Christina at the moment is working there on site every day. She, so she works in a sort of support specialist type of role. So she sees people who just need their hands, needs their, need their hands holding. We've got an OT, speech therapist, music therapist, art therapist, Beautiful. dance therapist. Um but we're expanding that as well. So we've got a new OT starting in September who will take. Um, so we'll have the two OTs and we're about to expand um, expand into the offices next door so we can make it, so we can take on more um, therapists. Uh, we want we will be getting a psychologist and a paediatrician eventually because the idea is we just want everything to be in the one yes. place yes. so people don't have that. Mandy and I have, have all this fantasy as well room. and we have no training, <laughs> we can't do it. No. But it, this is exactly what we want, that you just go there and they're all there. My daughters have yeah. a diagnosis of cerebral palsy so in the first sort of five years of their life all I was doing was driving to hospitals to therapy, to therapy to hospitals all around Melbourne. I went to every hospital in Melbourne. So the thought of being able to go to one place is brilliant and it's yep. family centered. Mm. Yeah, and 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 I think the, the most important thing is Christina and I are both neurodivergent ourselves yeah. and we get it. Yeah. And so we will not have anybody ever who works for us be of the opinion that it's all, you know, it's all deficit. Oh, no. that, that that whole sort of medical model mm. deficit yep. based. We're just so against that. Oh. Um and you hear of centers opposite up offering practices like ABA, mm, yeah. really deficit-based mm. practices. And we're just, you know, we're just the exact extreme opposite oh, of that. Awesome. Where, um, you know, children, every child who comes to us, we're going to help them with their challenges, but we're also going to promote their strengths. Yeah. And we're going to tell them that they're amazing and they're wonderful. Um, and our only job is just to help them with the things they struggle with. And everybody struggles with something. Yes. You know, so, yeah, so oh. that's, I guess... What we're trying to do. Well, that sounds <laughs> tremendous. I know from as a parent of um, my boys that so much messaging they get is negative. Mm. Like, you know, why didn't you sit still? Why haven't you got your maths book out? Why didn't you? Why didn't you? You didn't. You didn't. You didn't. So to go somewhere that's like, oh wow, you did. I think yeah. the messaging that we're giving yeah. these children and then expecting them to not have any issues is mind blowing. Oh, absolutely. You know, we have these we have these kids who are remarkable, amazing kids. And do you know what? You look at majority of the successful, really, really successful entrepreneurs and celebrities and sportsmen and women, loads of them have ADHD. Mm. Huge proportions of them have ADHD. But they've got there with support and promotion and, uh, you know, and, and 
these support networks around them who've told them that they're great and they can achieve yes. the things they want to achieve. And we have so many kids in our society that ju- that's all they need. They mm. just need people to tell them that they're great and they can achieve whatever they want to achieve and they can be brilliant and they can be amazing. Um, and just because they have a few challenges does not mean that they can't achieve their dreams. Everybody's got challenges. It might be physical. It might be neurological. It might be uh, mental health challenges. Mm. It might be, it be poverty. You know, dyslexic. It, it can be, be all sorts of be, things. Mm. Yeah. It could Exactly. It could be anything. Everyone's got something that they need help with in their life by someone. Mm. And they shouldn't. We shouldn't have this sort of classification where we go, oh, but the thing you need with help with is this, so therefore you're a lesser human. Yeah. No, no, everyone's everyone's great. Everyone's wonderful. Yeah. They just need support. Do you do any advocacy yeah. with schools? Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> so, well, I thought the end would be yes. But <laughs> uh, we get um, – so schools – I meet at the events, I meet a lot of educators and teachers who are absolutely amazing and they're so dedicated yes. to helping mm. their children. We have them. At, and they're great. At the same time, yep. we have a lot of families who come to our clinic mm. and I get a lot of messages through my special child of parents who aren't dealing with those teachers mm, yeah. and they're dealing with schools where they're some of the things and I'm I'm a bit headstrong so if I have to deal with a principal and put them in, in their place a little bit and say no you're not doing this anymore then I have no issue doing that oh, good and and so we have we have got a, we've had a few where we've really had to sort of intervene with schools and go in and and say you know no you're not you're not doing this anymore because if you carry on then we're gonna report you or whatever but um yeah, that, it's it's one of the harder things I yes. think schools because there's so many schools that just aren't getting yes. it and, and aren't doing it the right way, um, and and that that's very tricky. Actually, Christina and I, our next goal is to set up schools. So after we've done the wow. centres, schools is next on our list. Oh, amazing! <laughs> oh. We want to take we want to we want to change those as well. Oh my gosh! Right. <laughs> oh, Rebecca, this is just it just fills me with joy because. I mean, it's everything that I've ever wanted. Like, I mean, I, I think every parent of neurodivergent kids has done that many school tours and chatted to that many <laughs> fucking educators and, and they, you know, I went to a school in Melbourne that I really loved for my boys and they were so lovely and they were awesome and they said all the right things and then I sent all their um, reports in and they just replied, we, we, we don't have a spot. I'm like, I, I know you have a spot because I was there and you said you had the spot. And so you're like, oh, people can give the lip service, but they don't actually know how to do it. Um, yep. Yeah. And, yeah, prejudice and, and discrimination and it, is rife. Oh, absolutely. And it, and it all flows down from the school leadership team oh, a lot yeah. of the time. And something that I find that actually really, really depresses me is we, we do these events and we always see who's coming through as a teacher and who's coming through as a parent. Yep. And we get huge amounts of teachers. About 40% of the people who turn up at our events will be teachers. Yep. So large proportion of teachers, but we never get school leadership teams. Really? Wow. No principals? So no no <gasps> principals, no vice principals, <gasps> never. It's like we get lots of teachers, teachers' <gasps> aides, loads of them. Yes. We get yep. obviously loads of parents. We'll get OTs and psychs and yep. speeches. Yep. But the people we don't get is we don't get um, GPs, which I think is a shame. GPs should know. And we don't get, never, ever get a school leadership team. I wonder and why. And that is so sad. I think, I think it's because they, <laughs> um, and I'm sorry to any 
school leadership team who disagree <laughs> with this, but I think it's because in a lot of the cases they think they already know it all and don't need to know any better. Ah, or do you think well, they? It's, it's too confronting. True. Or do you think they also are like, well, if I find out that I should change, then I really will have to change. So I'd rather just not know. Possibly, yeah. I've had that. Um, so Christina has said to me that in the past. She said, "I think they just don't want to have to do the work that they would have to do yeah. if they learn." that they've got to do it differently. I mean, there are definitely uh, those old school principals that know everything. <laughs> yeah. I have met, so I do, uh, sometimes I'll go out and do PDs at schools. Yep. And when I've done that, I've actually met some incredible principals yes. on the way, uh, especially in regional Victoria. Yes. So far out in regional Victoria, in these tiny little schools yep. in the middle of nowhere, I've met some amazing principals. Yep. And, and I remember in 2019, I went to a school somewhere in the middle of nowhere and I kind of it's somewhere north really far north in the middle of nowhere um and the principal there was just amazing and I remember standing in that PD and saying you need to change your entire lighting system in this school because it was all really bright fluorescent lights in a very with hardly any windows so it made it so stressful and I remember saying I gave her tons of demands and things (laughs) that she should do and whereas most principals would go well I can't do that and I can't do that she just went consider it done and she would just do she literally anything that I suggested she was like no we'll do it we'll do it whatever it costs whatever it takes we'll do it and and she was amazing um remember the name of the school uh but unfortunately that's not no the case all the time it should be but it's not hey it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad high quality fashion without the price tag say hello to Quince I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. So if you, well, I want to know two things. I want to know what your ideal school would be. But if you are listening as a parent or an educator, what do you think the the best scaffolding is for um, educators and parents to know about educating kids with ADHD? So the first thing is, and this is the most important thing, if you're an educator and you want to know about ADHD, you've got to learn about ADHD. Mm. So whether that is coming to me and I'm always available to answer emails, I, you know, ask me the questions, I will answer them. It's not going to cost you anything. If you do want to spend the money, go find the books, find the things, but get the the up-to-date current information because that that belief of the ADHD is just a kid who's hyper mm. and can't pay attention is wrong yep. and there is so much more to it. And until you know the information, you cannot support that child to be as successful mm. as they deserve to be. And it's just learn. Like, you know, we've got, um, we've got a guide for teachers that takes 10 minutes to read but gives them everything they need 
really desperately need to know. Yeah. It gives them those those that scaffold, that base. Yeah. But learn it, read it. I've given that to teachers for free and gone, here you go, just read it. You need to read this. Yes. And they don't read uh, it. I'm like, 10 minutes. It's a 10-minute guide. It's this, It's all the information crammed into what – so they can just get it straight away. And so learn the information, find out the stuff, and then you can support kids. But um, I think if I was to give one piece of knowledge that I could give to all teachers, it's that ADHD is not the simple easy linear disorder you think it is it's a spectrum it has a lot of different characteristics Mm -hmm. and you have to understand if if you don't learn anything else just learn that and learn what the characteristics are so you know how to help Mm. the kids because you can't help a kid if you don't understand what it is they're struggling with so true so true and it's just I mean for me you know growing up in the 80s and the 90s you know like a current affair which is I'm an abomination as far as I'm concerned, sorry, Channel 9, had all those shows with kids with ADHD punching holes in walls and that's what that's what I grew up thinking ADHD was, right? I had no point of reference that it was anything other than that. And there are a lot of adults my age who still think that's what it is and they are educators mm-hmm. or doctors or, you know, because we just, you, you don't learn about anything like that. And Mandy and I often say like, when you go to the infant welfare nurse with your tiny baby or whatever, they never, well, now our kids, our babies are 16 and Mandy's got a 10, 12-year-old. 10. 10. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they don't say, um, this is, you know, typically developing children do this, children who may have cerebral palsy do this, children who may have autism may do this, and just roll it all out like it's one sentence, like mm. it's one thing, because they're just, we're just all so different. And I knew from when my boys were really little, because they were my fourth and fifth children, oh, there's something really different going on here with them. Like I thought they were just so incredible and awesome and I was in awe of them. But I knew straight away and I'm just lucky that I was older. We were already seeing a paediatrician for other things. So, you know, it was all, it was easy for me. But um, yeah, I just think that there's no information given to professionals or parents that, no, none. And it's 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 surprising that a teacher, you know, so the AD, the rates of ADHD in this country is one in twenty, yep. uh, which is far behind the rest of the world. Yep. So it's still it's it's blatantly more than that. But yep. our rates are one in twenty diagnosed with ADHD, which means every class in Australia will probably have at least one child with ADHD in the class. Yep. So how is it? that teachers are not trained in ADHD when they will have at least one kid in their class every year who has ADHD. And and being trained in ADHD is so important. I, I never speak to a teacher who doesn't say to me, I didn't know that. Yeah. And we're talking about basic ADHD information, not really, you know, nothing really tricky, just just the basics. Like, um, like simple the top 10 strategies to deal with distractibility. Why do, te- why te- do teachers not know that when it's a key element to helping a child with ADHD in their education? But they don't, you know. Um, and so, and that's not necessarily the teacher's fault. It's more the system's yeah. fault for not University's fault. Um, Mandy and I have yeah. mentioned this on the podcast before and we have no professional qualifications. Um, Zero, minus. Yeah. Um, so. <laughs> well, um, I teach sleep. That's it. No, oh, we've got <laughs> yeah, we both have diplomas yeah. and we finished high school, but yeah, we don't have yeah. um when it comes to ADHD or anything, no, we're just nothing. parents. Yeah. Um but we have all these universities messaging us saying, Oh, you're on the recommended 
um, list that the, the teaching students and the nursing students and the OT students, they need to listen to your podcast. And that makes us so happy. But it also gives me a tiny amount of despair because I'm like, surely there are better people. <laughs> They're than using us. us. That's right? as good as they've got. <laughs> us too. There are people <laughs> what with a worry. amazing people with um, lived experience or really great qualifications doing really great things. Why aren't they teaching whole semesters on this? Yeah, and 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 that's the fact is they should be teaching. There should be every um, teachers, OTs, speeches, psychs, all of these really critical um, occupations. Yep. When they're at uni, they need a module on neurodiverse yes. conditions. They should have. Yep. And the fact that they don't blows my mind. Yeah. Like the fact that you can go all the way through a psychology degree have a psychology degree, have a psychology master's and still know nothing about ADHD just blows my mind. Um, You know, and and the only way they find out this information is if they go to PDs and training. But the problem is there's so many PDs Mm. and training that are run by professionals who don't have any lived experience. And and because of that, their understanding is very surface level, yes. which means, and it also means they can misinterpret and get things wrong. I, I've been to many, many PDs, and I've heard the person taking the PD come out with things like I heard um, a psychologist running a PD say that autism was caused by parents after birth. Oh. What? This is coming from a qualified psychologist with no lived experience who just misinterpreted the information they were given because when you don't have the lived experience yeah. it's very easy to read something and and it, it's like someone said to me you you can know something but to understand it mm. you have to have it's it yeah true. because you can't you can't unless you're in it in your life you cannot necessarily understand exactly what something means or feels like or you know and so so even you know in in these university courses and things like that, it's not just important that they run the modules, but they need to make sure that they're getting the yes. correct information yes. um, to run them from people who actually are experiencing it and know what it's like to live with. Um, yes, you know. and I think, and you've mentioned that you're against all deficit-based, which we are too, but I think if we took the angle that, oh, we've got these awesome um, humans in our society that um, some of them think like this and some of them have a little bit more energy and some of them can hyper-focus like you would not believe, how can we really help them to be the most awesome people that they are instead of like, oh, but they fidgeted on their chair during science. Oh, who cares? <laughs> like, So if we can just flip that mindset, I think that a lot of these other things would sort of fall into place. Yeah, and these kids, and this is the thing that people need to realise, right? So kids with ADHD... Uh, generally, and it is a spectrum, so it's always yes. general, but generally are very empathetic. Mm. They can be very creative, very goal-orientated, very competitive. So they can end up being entrepreneurs and stars and being incredibly driven. Mm. They're usually ambitious, motivated, um, kind. They have that ability to hyper-focus. Mm. So if you give them an interest, something they can be passionate about, mm. and then add in to that that empathy that they have and add into that the fact that they're ambitious and they can be very very intuitive now you put all those things together and then support them and you've got people who run countries and big Mm. companies and charities and and do amazing things in the world 
But uh, unfortunately, a lot of our society doesn't see that. And because they don't see it, they focus so much on what they can't do mm. and not what they can do mm. that the kids and adults themselves end up focusing on what they can't yeah. do and not thinking about what they can do. Tell us what your um, school's going to be like. What is? What do you think? Uh, Tell us all your dreams. Uh, <laughs> So, so I will, much like the centre, it will be very, very, very strengths based. Mm. It will focus on all kids, and uh, it will focus on, I guess, the the ideal that all kids are different, mm. and all kids need to pr- be promoted in their strengths, whatever those strengths are. Mm. It'll be very heavily focused on getting assisting challenges that are, regardless what they are, assisting kids with anything that they struggle with. Mm whilst absolutely building up their self-esteem. So one of the big things about the school will be about building up self-esteem and building, bringing down anxiety. Mm. doesn't matter what, what, whether it's a neurotypical child, a neurodivergent child, or, or where in the middle they sit, it will be about helping them feel safe, calm, comfortable at all times whilst building up their self-esteem and always, always pushing the fact that they can achieve anything that they want to achieve. Yeah. Um, There'll be lots of other little things. I'd like lots of other little things like have on always have on-site therapists mm-hmm. uh, for if Beautiful. they're needed. Um, be able to really strict policies running through all the teaching staff that um, how to deal with things like meltdowns mm. and how to help kids if they're struggling with something mm. and you know um, how to connect with children. Connection's so important. Oh, so everything. how to for teachers to be able to connect with every single child Mm. so no child gets missed out Mm. things like um kids with adhd can can have problems with their emotional dysregulation Mm. and helping teachers to be able to connect with those kids and understand how to not keep kids in that cycle that they can often get in where they get angry and then they lash out and then they do something wrong then they get they get more angry because they just failed and they you know mm, they sit mm. in this little cycle of failure um how to not let that happen mm. and to keep them on the opposite where they achieve and they do well and they feel good and they you know it's it's the the ins and outs of the school haven't quite been decided <laughs> but it will it will be based in that that strength and happiness and building self-esteem and all that because yeah, i'm thinking is it a strict criteria Will it only be children with a diagnosis of ADHD? Will there be children with intellectual disabilities? What will there be children with other disabilities? Like my mind's just firing off a million yeah. questions. <laughs> so yeah, so as far as I'm concerned, it will be an all-inclusive school. Mm. So anyone who wants to go there can go ah, there, good. regardless of um, what their needs or challenges will be, and regardless of what challenges they have, their strengths will be the thing that is, you know, really. Mm sort of driven home and they will be told how amazing they are regularly um and and yeah so anyone it'll be a truly inclusive school that anybody can go to wow now for me um with a lot of my um friends whose children have adhd they also have uh maybe asd dyslexia um auditory processing processing delays like it's not just a simple you've got these four letters after your name you know, mm. um, and so I yeah. think, and speaking for myself, school is just so overwhelming then because there's so many hurdles when it comes to standard education. So even if you're really well supported, you're not going to finish in a class what someone else has finished. It doesn't mean that your IQ is any less. 
It just means that we're so fixated on speed. This is my thing, that schools are just fixated on speed. How quickly can you answer the 20 questions? Not do you understand the 20 questions, how quickly (laughs) can you write it down? And I know um, as an adult, like I see, you know, my brother's a builder and when I ask him a question, he will look at me and go, yeah, and then he'll pace around a bit and so, and then he'll come back and go, I think we could do it like this. (laughs) And no one thinks anything of that. Like no one thinks oh, he's just processing while we're watching. But if a child does it at school, it's like a deficit. But actually, yeah. yeah. So I suppose what I'm trying to say is how do we support those kids that that have a lot of diagnosis? Ease. Yeah, so you know, that, that, in terms of that processing speed, I'm a perfect example of that. So I have really slow processing speeds. It takes me a long time to process a situation. Um, and, and the reason I can do all right, in a, for example, in an interview like this is because I've done so many yes, of these. You're I know what the answers are. Yeah, yeah. Like my, my answers are pretty much right. in my sleep yeah. because I've, I've done them so many yeah, times yeah. and I've spoke about it. But I remember the first time I ever did an interview and I had to actually process the questions yes. and think about the answers. And it took me a very long time and it was a lot slower. Now, I have an IQ of, 100, of 150, so that's wow. really high in terms of <laughs> IQ. Yes. But at school, if you'd have told my teachers that, they'd have gone, no, because I couldn't do anything yeah. and I couldn't do anything fast. Yeah. And because and one thing that's very important for everybody to be aware is having slow processing speeds does not mean low intelligence. No. They are two very different things. I have very slow processing speeds, but much higher intelligence. And Christina Keeble is exactly the same. So she's probably one of the smartest people I know, incredibly intelligent woman. Yep. But her processing speeds are even slower than mine. She takes a long time to really take something yeah. in, process it, and be able to spit out an answer. And so that rushing kids to all be on a certain time level is never going to work. But also something that's very important is when you've got children who have multiple diagnoses Mm. or multiple challenges is accepting that with that might come um, struggle with regulating. It might mean they need, um, uh, you know, their way of processing the world and their sensory input and things like that might be much different and it might need things might need to be adapted and things and and another thing that schools do is they make it such an effort to make you know these reasonable adaptions that they have to make it's such a big effort for them Mm. and actually it's not no it's actually not because if we just treat kids like individuals and go right this kid needs this Let's just change this across the board because, so for example, lighting is a big one. Yeah. So these, uh, these fluorescent. what are they called? Fluorescent, that's yeah. what I was looking for. Fluorescent lighting can really trigger a lot of kids. Yeah. It triggers me. I find it, it's very, very difficult for kids to learn in. Now, changing the lighting to a non-fluorescent lighting isn't going to hurt anyone yes. else. So why have fluorescent lighting? Yeah. Because, it, you know, it's things like that. It doesn't hurt to make these th- these these changes across the board to help everybody because it's not going to hurt anyone else. So just, just accept that people have different, you know, they, they process the world differently Mm. in different ways and we can help them just by helping them without making a big song and dance over how much effort it it is to help them. You went back into school after the holidays and the lights were a different colour, no one would even notice. (laughs) Or we're not no. even allowed in there. So. <laughs> back in the day, back in the There's day when we used to go to school. There's plenty of time to change the lights There's is all I'm saying, Melbourne. 
Right? <laughs> Sydney, yes. Sydney, Sydney get in there and change the lives. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit about PDA? A lot of people talk to us about what, you know, can you talk about that on the podcast? And we thought you might be someone that we could chat to about that. Yep. And explain what that is. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so PDA stands for pathological demand avoidance, and which isn't the greatest name. Mm. Um, much like ADHD, yeah. it's a very deficit-based very, name. So yeah. hopefully one day somebody will uh, get on and change that. Mm. Um, but it's also it's also quite um, a stigmatizing name yes. again, much like ADHD. So. Um, at the moment, Christina and I are on a national tour, and we've been on this national tour since 2019 because, you know, COVID. Um, and we're sort of traveling around the country doing an ADHD and demand avoidance tour. Awesome. Um, and the thing, and so that's about, you know, much like what we're trying to do with ADHD, it's about creating a bit of awareness. So PDA um, is much better, better understood in other parts of the world, but in Australia, we're very, very behind the times on PDA mm. our understanding over here is really quite poor and um and unfortunately the stigma with PDA is even greater than mm. it is yeah. for ADHD yeah so long way to go with that for sure yeah yeah well hopefully some of the people that are listening that are desperate can actually go into the show notes find you and talk to you about it because Mandy and I have that tricky situation where we are not <laughs> professionals so we can't come in here and go, this is what it is and this is what it means. And we know that for some people it's having a huge impact on their life. But I also know that there has to be really amazing ways to support it. But I just, because I don't think that I live with it. So I'm, yeah, I don't know much about it. Yeah. And, and, and there is, there is ways to support it. And what's interesting. So when we're on our, our tour, um, and actually, if anybody who hears this, um, we've got an online one coming up awesome. this weekend yep. um, as well. But um, one, th so I do the ADHD section, and Christina does the PDA section. Ah. Um, and one thing I always sort of realise when when listening to her talk about that, because her knowledge on PDA is really, really good, really um, intense. And the one thing that always gets me is there is such a long way from that that old fashioned stereotypical view that kids who are who are demand avoidant are just, you know, being naughty. Yeah. There's, there's, it's so, and it's so far away from that. It's so, such a long way away from that. And when we begin to understand that a child or adult's capacity in any given moment to be able to take demands or to take um, pressure or to take um, expectations when we sort of can start to think that regardless of whether the child is, has PDA, ADHD, is autistic, whatever, we start to realise that it's just about learning what their capacity is in that moment. Oh, yeah. And do they have the capacity to actually deal with what you're asking of them? Yeah. Or are you just asking, and just because you think it's okay for them to be able to do, deal with that demand and, you know, I've given them a demand, they should just do it, yeah. doesn't mean that they have the capacity to be able to take that demand in that moment. Wow. And and for a lot of these kids, they just it's, it, they just don't. Yeah. You know, and it, you could be asking them something really simple like, could you pass me that glass that's right next to you? Yeah. But if in that moment their anxiety is really, really high mm. and for whatever reason they don't have the capacity to just process that demand in that moment, mm. it's not as simple as just pass me that glass. To them, that's a much harder task. And so... 
um, you know, I think the, the thing with PDA is just creating that that sort of awareness again through society that just because a child refuses a demand or is finds it hard to do what what's being demanded of them doesn't mean that it's not a behavior it's not behavioral it's about their capacity to be able mm. to process those demands in that moment wow um and, and sometimes there's like, times um, we spring it on them or we're oh yeah you know, we're rushing yeah. out the door and you need to put your shoes on or you know and then you realize that's my fault I got up late I you know there's all those things yeah. that trip us up all uh, the time mm. absolutely and and you know you might get um so I hear a lot of those, those old behavioral sort of therapies and things like that. And practitioners will say consistency. Consistency is so important. No, it's not. Because the fact is, when has any human being ever been or felt consistent? No, thank <laughs> you. <laughs> I am you know, not consistent. No. I've just told <laughs> no, the can't. world. And you know what? Because you can be the- having a consistent morning and then an autumn leaf falls down. And there's no consistency in the morning. Yeah. And you're like, but we've done everything yeah. on time. Oh, but now there's oh, been an autumn <laughs> That's exactly right. And I think with, um, you know, with our kids, we'll say, oh, com- be consistent, be consistent. But I know even with my own kids, one day their capacity to take on those demands one day is not going to be the same as it is the next day when they've had a bad night's sleep or they've yes. not had any food or they're thirsty or, or whatever, when all of a sudden they're, for whatever reason, their anxiety is a bit higher and I could have the same expectation of them as I did the day before, yeah. but they can't live up to yeah. it that day. So, you know, and, and demands are exactly the same. Whether they have PDA and they are, you know, or that sort of level of, of demand avoidance, yeah. or whether they're just a bit demand avoidant yeah, sometimes. Yeah. Not everybody has the capacity to take the same demands all the time. Oh. And for some kids, they just need a bit of, a little bit of leeway and a little bit of understanding. And, Absolutely. And yeah. Oh, yeah. Just a bit more acceptance, I think, is what's oh. needed. That's, you know what? It's the just, line of the day. It is the line of the day. Who is consistent? And it's just kindness when it comes down to it, right? And so... Like I don't know a lot, but I know that if I'm kind, then my kids are so much happier. And I know that sounds really simple mm-hmm. and I am no saint, right? But if I am, come on, we've got to, it, there's no point. There's just no point. I just, you just have to walk away and go, yep. oh, we're going to miss the bus, right? Today we're going to miss the bus. Yep. That's actually not the worst thing that happens is missing the bus. No. It's not the worst thing. No. Right? Absolutely. We will drive to school and, today. And- I will. And so many, one of the things that I hear from parents a lot is they get so hung up on power battles. Yeah. They get so hung up on, I'm the boss, you're the child, <laughs> I've told you to do it, just do it now. Yeah. And what they, and, and what I say to parents a lot is, what are you trying to achieve? Are you trying to help your child to manage their um, regulation better, to manage those behaviors better? Are you trying to help them? Or are you trying to just prove who's boss? Because yeah. if you're trying to prove who's boss, you carry on. Yep. But if you actually want to help them to help them with their challenges and to help them to change certain behaviours, then you need to stop trying to prove who's boss and start trying to work with them and trying to understand what they're going through and what their actual struggles oh. are. I think this is the biggest thing for Gen X and Gen Y parents. We're trying mm. to deconstruct from how we were parented. Yep. We're trying to mm-hmm. work out how do we parent without hitting, smacking, busting the wooden spoon, you know, yeah, all that sort of stuff. Constant timeouts, all yeah, that stuff. Yeah, all that stuff. And we're, we're working so hard to change all that. Yep. Um, and the, our parents were trying yep. to change from their parents from the 50s and 60s. and Like it's so full on, isn't it? Parenting is yeah. complex. And 
And that old school, old fashioned way of parenting, the fact is, you may be, if you're really, really disciplinarian with a kid, you may teach that kid, mm. don't do a certain thing and they may stop doing it. But you know what you won't have is a happy and well-regulated no. child. You'll end up with a traumatized yes, child yes. who just does everything they're told. Yes. And so something I always say to parents is, what do you want? Do you want a child who's happy and regulated and, and successful and doing well in themselves? Or do you want a child who's compliant? Yeah. Because you can't necessarily have no. both all wow. the time. Like, you know, sometimes kids don't do as they're told because sometimes they need us to meet them in the mm, middle yeah. somewhere and they need us to actually, you know, to back down and just be with them and, and, and stuff. And they are their um, own people. Like I grew up in yeah. quite a religious home and so there was this, I mean, my parents are very kind, but there's this big fear that if somehow you let this child out of control, whatever that means, they won't even get to heaven and everything's going to go wrong. So <laughs> everything we did was based on this thing okay. that was going to happen in a thousand years, yes. you know what I mean? And so now when I'm talking to my kids, I'm, I just feel this sense of freedom of, well, you be you, I'm, I'm me, and they actually, children aren't clones. So whether your children have ADHD or mm. not or whatever, they're their own people. That's they're completely right. different to us. So they're going to come at life in yep. a different way. Yeah, and 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 I think, um, you know, all parents want to do the best by their yes. children, but a lot of parents just parent the way they were parenting. Yeah. Yes, it's And it's challenging. about teaching parents that it's it's okay to do it differently. I know it was bred into us from day yeah. one that if your child acts out, you put them in their place. Yep. Like that's the way we were raised. That's the Seen way and we, not heard we've been taught. All yeah. of that. Yeah. Yep. Um, and I remember having a couple of years ago, I had this parent who she, she got a bit um, upset with me uh, for saying this. <laughs> and she stood up and she said, but how do I teach my child that it's wrong to hit? If I can't, you know, come down on my child like a ton of bricks, how do I teach him <laughs> is wrong to hit? And I said, how old is your child? And she said, 11. And I said, at the age of 11, your child knows that he shouldn't hit. Yeah. He knows that. You can't teach him something he already knows because I promise you he knows. Yep. What you need to do is help him manage, help him regulate, yeah. help him manage how he's feeling to help him learn how to be able to not hit yes. and to be able to turn to different forms of getting through yeah. his anger or his emotional yeah. dysregulation. And, and um, hopefully she took it on board. I really, I'll never know. But, um. <laughs> well, a lot of people do take it on board. They might, they might take their time. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But <laughs> they'll process that when yeah, they're that's ready. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But hopefully for the child sooner rather than later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you're doing amazing work, Rebecca. Yeah, I could talk to you all day. Oh, but. <laughs> totally. But is there anything that we've missed that you would love to tell our community? What do you want them to know that we've missed today? Uh, no, nothing really. Just, um, yeah, keep learning. I think that's, mm. you know, that's the big thing is we can never know enough. I learn some, every week I learn something new mm. and go, ah, oh, that's really good information. If we just keep learning and always accepting that we don't know it all yes. and we can always do better. Yes. Um, we just got to keep learning and then we can keep supporting our kids and our adults who, um, struggle with whatever they struggle with so yeah oh, so I'm, thank you for giving us your time yes it's super yeah I'm just super excited you know <laughs> but um the peas will love it and we'll watch put, out you're gonna get an influx you are sorry about that but we'll put all your <laughs> stuff okay. in the show notes yep we will and then the peas can find you. come and find you yep. yes thank you Rebecca you're very welcome thank you for having me and for chatting to me today thank you
Oh, Mandy, I absolutely love that. Oh, I'm I glad. Just, I'm so thankful that she could come on. Yes. We've had so many cancellations and not from... Just from oh, lockdown. Oh, no, just, and, yeah, all them things we've had to shuffle and move. Yeah, yeah so and it's, we got there. It was terrific to have her on. Yeah, and I'm super yeah. grateful. Yeah, yeah. I, hope, I hope you peas found some of that stuff helpful. I did too. Yeah, I so, think everybody can relate to something and learn something new. Yeah, and yeah. I think that line about consistency oh. is just brilliant. Yeah, it is brilliant. <laughs> I, I mean, I talk about that in my sleep work and I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rethink how I talk about that. Yeah, I mean, it's still... It's okay to have consistency that's helpful. Yes. But to expect it to be the answer to everything. Yes, it's not. And you just never know when something's going to go wrong anyway. Of course. The world was not consistent before the pandemic. No, that's right. Now we're just consistently staying home. So go and find her. She's got online seminars now. She had to pivot like everybody else. Yes. So go and find her and let's stalk her to get that school open. (laughs) Yes. And her at uh, the Peak Centre sounds amazing. It does in, sound it, it amazing. It sounds like, you know, just what we want. Yep. Um, yep. With sounds our very... P therapy. Yeah. Therapy. Yeah. Therapies. Forgot the name of my end yeah. centre that yep. I'm not opening. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but but yeah. she's already doing it. Yeah, so awesome. Congratulations. Yeah, there's so much need for it. All right. Did anything make you cry this week, Mandy? About 20 times a day watching the Paralympics. Yeah. I'm just, I cry when they walk out. I cry when they wheel out. I cry when they go to the medal ceremony. I cry when they win. I cry when they're interviewed. I go yeah. like just teary. I cry watching my girls staring at them, talking yeah. about that's a T37 and mm. look at her arm and look at her hand and look at his leg. And yeah. It's so profound for my house. Yes. It's so profound. And the fact that we're home to watch it I know. was Molly's dream come true. Molly, that was a dream that's <laughs> impacted on us all. <laughs> and as somebody pointed out to us today earlier today, what an amazing time that a yes. lot of Australia is home to watch it. What a yes. golden era yes. in Paralympics that yeah. we are home to watch it. And yeah. you might not be watching a lot of it, but you people are talking oh, about everyone. it. Yeah, I've never heard it discussed yeah, so much. that's right. Yep. And, like, welcome, everyone, yes. because it's <laughs> – the athletes love each other. Yeah, they're kind to each other. Oh, it's how the world should be. It's just so beautiful. Yep, yep. It really oh, is. So it really is. Yeah. Well, now I sound like a um, very shallow person because <laughs> <laughs> I got new pillowcases and I just <laughs> put them on my bed and I cried. <laughs> Did you? I just thought I really love those pillowcases. <laughs> I don't know why it made me cry. Like I just think it was something beautiful, something. right? And you know yeah. I love beautiful things yeah. and I can't work and I can't do any of the That's things that I normally enough. do. I was like, oh. Anyway, fair enough. they've got flowers on them. I actually did cry too listening to listening in on Miss Ten's Zoom oh. and oh. I, I haven't been doing it but I just heard a little girl say, but I just don't know how to do that maths Yeah, and I don't want to, like yeah. in the flattest, most yes. depressed voice you've ever heard. Mm. And then the teacher said, well, I can't make you, that's true, yeah. but I'd really love you to have a go. And mm. I just thought These those poor, poor teachers and the yeah. teachers having to listen to depressed children. Oh, I know. Like, it's it's too much. It's too much. I emailed one of the boys' teachers today and I said, and how are you going? Yes. I think we should all be doing you know, that. And he said, I just want it to be over. Yes. Like he's like, how do you pep up the kids? You can't. You can't. Ten, you, ten-year-olds are naturally peppy. Yes, annoyingly so. They are annoying. <laughs> <laughs> They're right in your face, peppy pepsters. I know. And they are not. No. It's devastating. I'll tell you something funny. On one of our um, Instagram stories I said, um, 
a snap pee was coming out. So I said, I hope this puts a bit of pep in your step. But Instagram, when it automatically does the captions, it wrote, I, I hope this makes pepper step. <laughs> and then pee friend Jenny from Perth was like, is pepper step a thing you say over East? <laughs> Yo, man, pepper step. Pepper step. <laughs> it's like the Melbourne shuffle. It's like a dance thing. <laughs> anyway. How cute. Yeah. All right. Okay, make a difference. Um, all right. Let me just. Oh, I'll tell mine. mine. Yep. It's really, it just started today. Yep. I turned on Netflix and I saw a new show and it's called Motel Makeover. Oh. oh my gosh. I mean, I want to go home right now and keep watching it. Oh, <laughs> good. So I love good. a makeover show. I know, but a motel. Like yes. It's, like so I know it's there's like a Shits Creek motel. And yes, yes, it's like a Shits Creek. She said, okay. I feel like I'm in an episode of Shits Creek. Oh, okay. They're these two, they're Canadians and they've opened, they they put all their savings and they remodeled a motel and it's called the June Motel. It's in, I, I don't know if it's in Canada or this second one they're doing is on the border of Canada and America. Right. One of the lakes, one of right. the big, big lakes, yeah. right. Anyway, I just, I, I'm so, it's so <laughs> great. Look, we all need. They're friends. They're in their mid thirties. They're entrepreneurs. Awesome. They're down to earth. Um, oh, I like and already. they are just, they make it look, Kate, you're going to I love, love it. it. I can't wait. It's so beautiful. They say we have to unify everything <laughs> to make everything look. So the, the colors are pinks and plants and uh, they're going to vintage shops to get, it's uh, just, okay. I just wish I could go there. I can't wait. Okay. So yep. motel makeover, if you want some feel good. I'm only, I'm only up to episode three and they're starting to talk about the virus in China. Uh, so it must have started yep. and then they're going to get interrupted. Yep. But anyway. Yep, COVID interrupt us. Motel makeover. I've never wanted to go to Sorbel Beach, wherever that is, <laughs> more in my whole life. And the thing is they're there in winter so there's snow and the snow goes right up to the lake. Yes. So I've never seen because I, I don't go to the snow mm. but snow to the water. Yeah, right to like, the water. wow. Yep. That looks amazing. At Falls Creek, there's a lake at the top and it freezes. Oh. And it's beautiful. Well, this is like. It's so beautiful. Yeah, it's not. But the pool was frozen over. Yeah. Anyway, blah, blah, blah. You might not <laughs> like it, but. I, no, it's your well, make a difference. It is. It made a difference to me yeah. today. I was like, I can't wait to watch that. Yeah. Well, I've got two. The first one is I've started listening to this podcast and I'm going to get the name wrong, but it's Chickstery. Yes. So it's Chicks in History. Yeah, awesome. And it's. Um, I've forgotten one of the girls' names, but it's Evie. Evie from Gogglebox and one of her beautiful friends. This sounds terrible that I can't remember her name. Um, anyway, and they just talk talk about women in history that have been forgotten or have never been acknowledged. And sometimes they have guests on and the guest will say, I want to tell you the story about blah, blah, right? Nah. And so sometimes they tell the stories. It's just easy listening. You put it on, you know, doing the dishes or whatever. Annie, Annie. Annie Evie and Annie. Annie, 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 yep. And I really like it. Anyway, right. Amanda and I are sort of friends with Evie. Yeah. Um, and and she's just a, exciting. just a lovely person. Lovely she's really, really and fun. And really kind. Yeah. So I thought if the peas could do me a favour, you could all just go and listen to one episode and give her a jump in her downloads. Yeah, good And make on her you, day. Because she's stuck in lockdown as well. That's right. She's a single person. That's right. She's got her beautiful dogs. Yep. If you follow her on Instagram, Instagram. <laughs> she puts funny stories about them fighting. Yeah, hilarious. She's funny. She's very funny. So she's funny. anyway. It's good. And the other make a difference was that um, Lee and Annabelle mentioned our book oh, on Chat 10 Look 3. So, sure did. Um, yeah, and that was just really lovely. So I'd, I'd really like to know if anyone bought the book because they mentioned it, but I don't suppose we can find out. <laughs> a, lot of people, find out a lot of people message us and we're excited yes, to hear thank it. You. So thank you, you for your that. Your chatter are beautiful. Yeah, really beautiful. All right. What made you laugh? Okay, this made me laugh. I'm just trying to find it because yep. it's a, a message of text. So okay. my beautiful friend Karen 
she just sent me a text yesterday and said, so I'm on a semester break. I want to organize a walk and a talk and a catch up along the track. Yep. And I said, yes, I sure do. I said, I could do this Saturday. I could do Tuesday. Da, 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 da. <laughs> she said, okay, let's lock in that date. And I said, it's in the diary. And she said, yay. And then I said, are your ears ready is the question. <laughs> and she said, they are empty and ready. And I said, that's what they all say. And then boom, 10 minutes in, no one wants to listen to Mandy anymore. So she ran, ha, ha, ha. And then because she walks with sticks, but she's an amputee, she said, I can always feign sore wrists and call it a day. (laughs) (laughs) And I just went very loud laughing. I just made me laugh. And I thought I'm so lucky to have funny friends, like really funny friends. Yeah, that's the only thing getting me through. It is the only thing. Literally the only thing. I just thought we, both of us, we're hilarious. I know. Imagine our walk. <laughs> but I also know she's she's sort of introspective and so I know I can overwhelm people because when yes, you I hang know. out with me, you might be like, oh, for, calm down, Mandy. Me too. I'm just like, boom, hi. I'm tell you <laughs> all this. <laughs> you know, so I know that I overwhelm people yep. because they sort of back away from me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, it's good to be self-aware, but then it sometimes is. it makes you feel like, oh, I know I'm, t- I know I'm too much. I know. You know? But you're not. I'm well, fine with it. I know. But, but I do know. No, I know. You know, people get overwhelmed. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, I'll let you know how it goes. If she feigns a sore wrist, we'll, be- <laughs> we'll see how long the walk goes for. <laughs> but I'm really looking forward to it because there's nothing to look forward nothing, to. Nothing. So, nothing yeah, to look forward to. One of my friends was like, we could accidentally both be at the supermarket at the same time. I'm like, this is how, because you know what? We don't break the rules. No, we don't. That's what I want to say about Melbourne. I love you, Melbourne. I I don't know any other states. I'm not talking about them. I'm just talking about Melbourne and, you know, we're trying so hard. We didn't break the rules last year. We're not breaking the rules this year. Last year we were just unbelievable. I don't think the rest of Australia can ever. I think Sydney knows now. And you don't have to know. I'm not saying that in a bad way, right, because Like I don't know things until I go through them. I just have to say this. I've had a few people say to me that their um, workplaces that are based in Sydney are now being nice to them. Wow. And last year they weren't. So they're saying have a mental health day. Yes. Let's let's pause a bit on the work, take yes. a little bit more gently. But I'm telling you, and it makes me want to cry, people yeah. close to me were hammered last year yeah. because people oh. in Sydney and big management businesses did not understand. No. And I want to say a shout-out to Jordan and the people at ACAST yes. because they are in Sydney yeah. and they were kind, they kind, were. kind, constantly. Even when Jordan sends us an email, I know you might, guys are overwhelmed with um, homeschooling, so what day works for you yes, and what time, what time always puts us first. Yes, thank right? you, That's A-Cast. unusual. Yes. Because we are little tiny pebbles in there. We really, really are. Huge rock podcasts. We really are. So, yeah, that's amazing, Mandy. I'd never thought about well, that. Well, it's only since I then have heard it yeah. and observed it and I thought I'm just going to – gently call it out and say if you are in big business or you know someone yeah, or in big if you're business, just acknowledge and you that. haven't done all those lockdowns. Just acknowledge that, yeah. that we've already done all this. Yeah. And is- I do have a friend in Brisbane and I was talking to her and because she put something up on her social media about going to this really cute cafe that looked like it was like from America somewhere. It was really cute on the Gold Coast. And I said, oh, I enjoy being out. And she said, like, because she's got kids in Melbourne and Sydney. And she yeah, said, I, I can't. I can't. She said, I just yeah. want to go and see them. And she said, and I'm just, she said, we're just waiting for them to say, oh, well, you're shut down. 
you're shut yeah. down for a week. Your business is shut down. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, the ho- I know the whole of Australia is living in this really weird reality yeah. and I know that we're Melbourne-centric. I get that and yeah. I get that we can't see what other people no, are going through, so I acknowledge that. Yeah. But I also acknowledge that Melbourne is fucking awesome. <laughs> They are. Like I look around me I at know. the, you know, people. All those children, all those babies, all those teenagers doing the right oh, thing. Not meeting friends in parks. Yes. Not meeting. Like, I know. They're it's not. huge. Maddie and I um, chatted to some people in Sydney today for a different podcast and one of them said, oh, you know, I take my 10-year-old with another friend that lives around the corner and they make all these imagination games. And I was thinking it is awesome. It's an awesome thing about the pandemic. Melbourne has gone through months and months of not being able to have children see anyone else right. in their in their street even. That's so right. I just think, wow, we're doing it tough. I'm just doing, going to acknowledge we've really gone off banter here, but we're all a bit broken. We are a bit broken. Anyway, what made you laugh? <laughs> <laughs> no, I've said my laugh. What oh, you made you laugh? laugh? Okay, so what made me laugh is actually happened to us today when Mandy and I were doing <laughs> this podcast. So I'm in my bedroom, obviously, and my bedroom looks out onto and the I'm front in the car. deck. Yeah, Mandy's in the car living the dream because um, we have to escape the children. And, of course, the children are all home, so Buzz realised that I was on a Zoom and I had the curtains right back to let the light in because we had to have cameras on. And so he just moonwalked back and forth in front of the window, <laughs> putting his hand up like a shh with his thing, and just, oh, I had to tell him in the end. She I was did. Like, I can't, was funny. so distracted so, by I'm so him. sorry, but one of my kids is moonwalking. <laughs> I burst out laughing. And this is the problem for Kate and I when we're on another podcast is we just take over. We do take over. And I, have you noticed? Yes. <laughs> because we think we're I on our like, podcast. Yeah, I just think, oh, okay. Anyway, <laughs> or once, a couple of weeks ago, I said, oh, Kate, I'm laughing. I said, she makes me laugh every day. And I thought, hang on a minute. This is their podcast. You did say that. It I was very funny. Andy. <laughs> Who do we think we are? I don't know, but we're easy to talk to. Well, we are. So yeah. that's a gift because you know, you and I know sometimes it's not easy to talk to people. No, that's so right. Yeah, we so give them we can that. do it. Yeah, that's easy. Yep. Anyway, if you want our book, you can go onto our website or onto the merch store. They're both signed. If you go onto our website, we'll write your name. If you go onto the merch store, they've got them up there in Sydney. They're ready to post them out. They're probably better at posting than Mandy and I. <laughs> it makes it would make a big difference. As we've mentioned in the last couple of podcasts, it's really hard for us to get the book out there because two of the biggest or three, and Canberra as well, ACT, mm. are all in lockdown. Mm. So no one can go shopping. Mm. So and thank you to the peas in Adelaide, Northern Territory, yeah, Western West Australia, Australia, Tassie. Yeah, Queensland yeah. who have all sent us the photos world. of the book. Yes, thank you. I can't wait to go and see oh. <laughs> see it in the shops. I can't wait. Um, so. I did a click and collect. It came out yesterday. I just quickly walked past the Dimmick's window and she wasn't there. Yeah, we're like, come on, I was we like, want to see her. Right up the back. I wanted to go to the lady and say, can you just go and get it and just bring it to me? And I thought, just calm down, go home. <laughs> go back home, master I had my 15 woman. containers because we're sorting Lego. <laughs> That's made a difference too. Yeah. We've just got a huge tub of Lego we're sorting in colours. Amy, Molly, we awesome. all, we, we just it sat there. It will look beautiful. Yeah, it's going to look beautiful. Yeah. So... Um, we decided that every lockdown there has to be a task. It's taken us about a month to work out what the task will be, ah. and now we've got it. Anyway, let's go. Anyway, all right, rate and review, See peace. you, everyone. Bye. Bye. <laughs>
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.